Thanks for downloading this podcast. Make sure you subscribe to get the new messages every week. We appreciate your support. Enjoy the message. I'm going to be starting this, a series on no more shame. Some of the no more shame. No more shame. In Isaiah 54 verse 4, the word of God tells us, do not be afraid. Tell somebody, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. You will not be ashamed again. That to me tells me that somebody was ashamed. But God is removing that. God is changing uh, that. Instead of you being ashamed, you are going to be rejoicing. Can somebody say amen to that? You have to remember that this portion of the scripture is about, starts with a lady uh, who was... uh, uh, who was not uh, married. And in Israel in those days, it used to be people will shame you for not being married. And uh, God is visiting this person, you know, and saying that uh, that's, that's all over. Somebody said, that's all over. That's all over. He said, do not be afraid. You will not be ashamed again. And I'm bringing that message to every one of you online and every one of you in the house, whatever the enemy had used to cause you to be ashamed of yourself, God said, I have already rolled that back in Jesus' name. Do not be frightened of shame. In other words, don't be intimidated by those people who want to shame you or by the things that the enemy sets up to try to bring shame into your life. He says, nobody will make you ashamed. That's powerful, isn't it? Nobody will make you ashamed. In other words, it doesn't mean that people will not try it. People will try, but you don't want to receive it. Because as we are going to see, you will not reach your highest potential dragging around shame with you. Nobody will make you ashamed. You will forget the shame which you had when you were young. In other words, somebody did something to you or some event took place in your life that caused you to be ashamed. God says, that's all that is over. Some of it, all that is over. All that is over. God says, I am determined that I'm going to set you free from anything that might have brought shame into your life. Nobody will make you ashamed. You will forget the shame which you had when you were young. In other words, this young lady uh, was shamed because uh, she wasn't married. You will not understand that in this culture, but in, the, in, in, in Israeli culture, it was, it was a big thing for somebody not to be married. People used to shame you know, try, you know, people will uh, talk behind them, try to think that there's something wrong with them. Or maybe they've done something right. But he says, you will forget that you are, he says, you will forget that you were ashamed to be alone. In other words, uh, uh, this, this young lady would be ashamed when, they, 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 when she would go home in the night not having somebody to talk to, not having somebody uh, to, to fellowship with. He says, you will forget that you were ashamed to be alone like a widow. In other words, uh, he, says, he says that uh, 
Uh, I can understand if you're a widow, but I can't understand why you haven't even married for the first time. I found out that shame is the enemy's, one of the biggest enemy's tools to rob people of the best that God has for them. I believe that that's why Paul wrote to the Romans in Romans 8, verses 1 and 2 in the New International Version. says, therefore, somebody say, therefore. So whenever you see therefore, you know that there was something that went before, that happened before then. Paul is talking about uh, the, 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 the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said that that took care of everything that you will need in this life. Then, 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 then he said, therefore, there is now. What he's saying is, is that uh, you don't have to feel ashamed because when Jesus was crucified, they naked in the, uh, in, in, in the public. He was taking on your shame. So when you go back and read from Romans chapter 1 to 7, you will see why Paul is saying this. He said, don't be ashamed. Therefore, there is now, something there is now. When? Now. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Whatever you did in the past, whatever happened to you in the past was taken care of at the cross. Therefore, some of the therefore, there is now no condemnation. You were condemned before Christ died for you. But now you have been set free from that condemnation. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. What Paul was saying is is that... uh, Don't be ashamed that you were not able to fulfill the law. Or don't be ashamed that you broke the law. Because there is now, some of the, there is now. There is now, this moment, not yesterday, not next week. But there is now no condemnation for those people who have received Jesus as as their personal Savior. In other words, it doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter where you were or where you went. There is now, somebody said there is now. There is now no condemnation for you because you are in Christ Jesus. In other words, when God sees you, he sees you in Christ Jesus. In other words, when he looks at you, he sees Jesus. He doesn't see you. Why? Because you are in Jesus. Many of us are familiar with the fresh shame on you. Has anybody ever heard that phrase? Shame on you. As a child, I don't know how many times you heard this. Shame on you because you have heard it from your childhood. You heard it when you did not clean up your room. See, some of you have very short memory. You You don't remember things. Or when you did not clean up your plates. Somebody said to you, shame on you. You don't know that there are people in Africa that are starving. I heard uh, one preacher's son say that uh, the parents used to, uh, 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 let me put it this way, reprimand them because they did not finish their food. They always told them, uh, you know, something like, shame on you. You don't know that there are people in Africa who, and he, and he, said, he said, one time he said to the dad, why don't you just package it and send it to Africa? 
But you heard when you did not clean your room. You heard when you did not clean your plate. When you were mean to your sibling, you had a sibling, shame on you. When you could not do your homework, shame on you. Or when you did not do your homework. How many of you know that sometimes you want to do the homework, but you can't do it? As an adult, you probably heard it a number of times. They, you know, people did not really say it loudly, but they whispered it loud enough for you to hear. Okay, you don't know what I'm talking about, you know? They, they, they can say it to your face, but they whisper it in such a way that you could hear it when you fell back into your old habits. Okay, you don't, remember, you don't know what I'm talking about. I thought you had stopped doing this. You're still doing it? Shame on you. Or maybe you went through a divorce. You blew a good marriage. But nobody really... I always say to people, please don't judge people until you walk in their shoes. Or when you made a mistake. It's very unfortunate, though, because many of us use the phrase to try to force people to do better. Does anybody understand what I'm trying to say? We think that if we shame people, then they're going to do better. But we don't know how destructive that phrase is. We are not, never aware of the destructive nature, nature of that phrase. Many of us never realize that uh, when we are trying to shame people, to cause them to do right. It turns out to bring an unintended result, the result that was not intended. Hopefully, I'm educating somebody here so that you will know how to raise your child or raise your grandchild or how to talk to your husband or how to talk to your wife. Shame often ends up doing the opposite of what we intended it to do. It causes people to feel guilty unworthy and isolated. Does anybody understand what I'm trying to say? It makes people feel that they don't deserve any blessing, that they don't belong. Sometime ago, I read a a story about this young lady who had given her baby up for adoption because she was not able to take care of her baby at that time. Yeah, she made a mistake. Many of you here have never made a mistake. No, not. Neither of you in the on the internet ever made a mistake. But this young lady, she made a mistake. The child was not a mistake. You can make a mistake and turn around and call the result of that mistake a mistake. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Just because you made a mistake doesn't necessarily mean that the, uh, 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 the, the result of that is a mistake. You may have made a mistake, because, but it wasn't a mistake to God because he knew that it was going to happen. So she knew that she could not take care of this baby at that time. So she decided that she was going to just give up. It was out of love for that baby. It wasn't because she was a mean woman. She just could not provide. She she did not have the tools to raise that out out of the compassion, out of the love for that baby. She gave that lady for adoption. But you know what? Ten years later, she was still feeling shame for giving that child away. She says she could not sleep at night because of the haunting thoughts. Has your, have, have your thoughts ever haunted you in the, in the night because of the mistake that you made in the past? Look at you. You think that you are this. Look at what you did. A voice was constantly whispering shame on you for giving your baby away. You are no good. You abandoned your baby. 
And many times, if we, if, we are, if we don't watch it, we think that that's God talking to us. Somebody abused you. Somebody took advantage of you. Something happened to you. And then the enemy will say, well, if you weren't there at that place at that point, it would not have happened. Or if you, did not, you should have done this, you should have done that. But we have to be able to distinguish the voice of God will not accuse you. The voice of God will call you to come to him for healing. What this young lady did not know was that this was the voice of the enemy who was trying to destroy her. The enemy is described in this, it is defined in the Bible as the accuser of the brethren. He will put shame and condemnation on you for the, for the mistake that you made years ago. I'm not going to ask anybody here to raise their hands if they've ever made a mistake because I don't want to stop and pray for you for lying. But you know, when I see many of us act, we act like we've never made any mistakes. We've always been perfect. We were born Christians. None of us in this room, no one person there online was born a Christian. We were born sinners, but thank God for Jesus. Somebody thank God for Jesus. The enemy is the accuser of the brethren, and he will put shame and condemnation on you for the mistake that you made, even for something that somebody did to you. will tell you that you are not good enough to receive God's blessing. He will tell you that it was your fault that they mistreated you. Let me tell you this, my friend. You must learn how to turn off the accusing voices, accusing thoughts of the enemy. You have to learn how to turn on God's voice. Let me tell you this, that God says that you have been redeemed. He says that he loves you in spite of all the things that you did in the past in spite of the struggles that you do have now. You may be struggling, but you are not a struggle. Learn how to distinguish the voice of God from the voice of the enemy, because if you do not, the enemy will rob you of the good life that God has designed for you. Let me say this, and I have said it a number of times before, you may have made some awful mistakes in the past, but the moment you ask God to forgive you, he did. He says, John writes and says, I'm not writing to you so that you may not sin, because I know you are going to sin. That's my own paraphrase. But if any of you sins, we have an intercessor, a go-between God and man. His name is Christ Jesus. Then he goes on to say, if you confess your sin, if you admit, yes, I, yes, I missed it then God is faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. The moment that you ask God, he forgives you and puts it in the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered against you anymore. Not only does he forgive, but he also doesn't remember them. And if God doesn't remember them, don't go back to pick them up. Hebrews 10, 16 to 17 says, this is the con. This is the covenant. This is Paul. He said, this is the new agreement I'm having with you. I'm going to make with you. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws on your heart and write them on your mind. Then he asked, 
I will remember your sins and your lawless deeds no more. Tell you something that God has removed your shame. You know, we are going to find out that when God wants to take you to your promised land, what he wants to do is to completely roll back the, the shame of Egypt. Because if you carry the shame of Egypt into Canaan, it's going to become a big hindrance. Let me put it this way. If you carry it into your marriage, if you carry it into your job, if you carry it into your business, if you carry it into another relationship, it's going to mess that relationship up. That's why God says, I'm going to completely roll it back. Put it in the desert before you go into the promised land. The children of Israel had been in Egypt for so many years slaves. You know, when you are slave, a slave, you are not going to receive the same kind of treatment as the citizens. They call you names. They put you down. They do all kinds of things to belittle you. And, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and. And after some time, if you are not very careful, you lose your self-esteem. So the children of Israel, they are coming out of Egypt. And before they got into the promised land, God said, today, somebody today, today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. The word reproach is the same word as shame. And God is saying to someone, he said, This night, I have rolled away the shame of the past from you. As when Israel were slaves in Egypt, they were beaten down physically, spiritually, emotionally, and sometimes verbally. They were constantly told that they would not be good for anything, that they could never do anything right. Does anybody know that? Has anybody ever told you that uh, you will never do anything right? You know? You are clumsy. They call you clumsy long enough. You become clumsy because you begin to believe that uh, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't not be anything other than that. That they could never measure up. The Israelites, while in Egypt, were constantly told that they deserved to be beaten and punished. You'd be really surprised how many women have in this country believe that they deserve to be beaten. Maybe I should have said. How many men and women? Because somebody has completely, uh, how do I put this? Somebody has shamed them for so long that they begin to believe that they deserve the shame. They were constantly told that they deserve to be beaten. They deserve to be punished. Over a period of time, the Israelites lost their sense of value. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? They began to feel inferior. They began to feel insecure. They lost their self-worth. You want to watch out what you say to your child. You want to watch out what you say to your wife or to your husband. Because after some time, if you don't watch out, he's just going to give up, insecure, and lose his self-worth and begin to do some things that he believes will take him out. People lose their sense of self-worth over a period of time of abuse. They begin to believe the enemy and his lies. So after 430 years, God sent a deliverer. Could it be that I am that deliverer that God is sending to you tonight? 
after 430 years. Remember when the children of Israel saw Moses coming, did they receive him at first? No, because they had become so used to being slaves that they could not believe that they could be anything but slaves. So it had to take Moses talking to them, ministering to them, even to get them to believe that uh, they could leave Egypt. 430 years, God God sent Moses, and Moses delivered the children of Israel from Egypt. But even after delivering them, they still carried the shame. Is it possible for you to still carry the shame of the past even after Jesus had delivered you? How many of you know that Moses is a type of Jesus? That's why the word reproach means shame, blame, disgrace. God knew that the children of Israel needed to get rid of this mindset, old mindset. Tell somebody and say, get rid of this old mindset. Because if you don't get rid of this old mindset, you take it to Canaan, it's going to foul the land. And because God knew that they would not function properly in Canaan, with this kind of mentality, he spoke to them. I believe that God sent me tonight to minister to people there online, people here in the house, and I pronounce you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, completely set free from that shame that the enemy put on you because of something that happened in the past. Let me tell you this, my friend, the enemy will... He likes to twist the truth to cause you to carry around shame, guilt, heaviness, and condemnation. If you were a good husband, he would not behave like that way. If you were a good wife, he would not behave that way. If you were a good parent, how often you hear people blame the behavior of the children on their parents. That's why I always say to people, if yours is doing well, you need to be thankful to God and just leave the rest of us alone. God wants you to know that the shame has been removed. How many times will I have to say this? I'm pronouncing complete deliverance from the old mindset of the past that made you believe that uh, just because you made mistakes or just because something happened in your life, that means that you are a second-class person. No, you are first-class because you gave your life to Jesus. It doesn't matter whether it was your fault or somebody else's fault. You don't have to carry the heavy load of shame any longer. Is anybody here listening to me? You don't have to beat yourself up over past mistakes. If I had done this with my child, he or she would not have done that. No, no, no. You did the best that you can. You were struggling. Both of you were struggling. And in spite of your struggling, oh, Jesus, help me. In spite of your struggling, you did the very best that you can in that marriage relationship with that child, with that parent. How about you just leave it behind you and say, God, I present myself to you for a brand new beginning. Don't beat up yourself over past mistakes. Isaiah 61, 7 says, instead of your shame, you will receive double portion. I don't know that you got me. God is speaking to you, watching me right now. 
those of you in the house, God is saying, I will give to you double portion for the past shame. Instead of your shame, you will receive double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land. In other words, the reason why God wants to roll back the reproach is that uh, he wants you to have the double portion when you get into your Canaan. You are just stepping across the Jordan into your Canaan tonight. And so you will inherit double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. Somebody say hallelujah. In other words, in, in, in place of the depression and the rejection and the shame, God says, I have rolled that thing away, leave it in the desert because you are crossing the Jordan into your Canaan and I'm going to leave you double for you, give you double for your trouble. I'm going to give you everlasting joy for all of the depression and shame of the past. So when the enemy tries to bring you back to the mistake of the past, don't let him beat you up with the guilt of the past. When he says shame on you, say no, I refuse to accept that. And don't just stop there. Then go ahead and let the enemy know that God says the shame is all of you. You did not get me, did you? So when he says shame on you, you say no, no, shame off of me. Somebody says shame off of me. Tell the enemy, God says he's forgiven me of all of my past mistakes. God says he has redeemed me and made me valuable. Doesn't that make you feel clean? I'm washing you tonight with the water of the word. Let me tell you this, my friend. God is saying right now, whatever people did to you or didn't do for you does not determine your future or your words. Your words comes from your creator, the most high God. He has breathed life into you, Roland, and crowns you with his goodness and with his favor. He calls you a masterpiece. Your name is written on the palm of his hands. So don't go around feeling ashamed, feeling guilty and condemned. Just somebody says, shake it off. Shake off the shame. Instead, go out with your head high and your shoulders high. Let the enemy know that all your sins have been forgiven, that God is washing you with the pure water of the word tonight, that you are going to go home very clean. Let the enemy know that God's mercy is bigger than all of the mistakes of the past. Now, let me warn you, Lee. If God doesn't remember it, then you shouldn't either. You need to put your foot down. Somebody put your foot down. Romans 16, 20 says, The God of peace will soon crush Satan 
under your feet. The grace. Some of the, the grace. Some of the, the grace. Somebody say the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Yes, we do know that by the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, that Satan has already been defeated. You know that with your head. But what about when the enemy comes with the accusation? We know that he is defeated. We know that the God of peace will crush him according to the word under our feet. But the truth is that you must put your foot down. You did not get me, did you? You have to put your foot down. You must put your foot down and refuse to accept the shame. When the enemy comes, you have to put your foot down. Say, I know who I am. I'm the righteousness of God. God has redeemed me. I'm a child of the living God. I'm on top and not beneath. I'm the head and not the tail. I have been washed and I'm as clean as clean can be, whiter than snow. You must have, you have to put your foot down. And when, to, when the enemy says, shame on you, don't accept it. Don't receive it. Put your foot down and say, God says, shame is off of me. You have to put your foot down. If you don't put your foot down and fight back the shame with God's word, with what? With God's word. What do we use to fight the enemy? With God's word. That's why you need to stay in the word and find out who you are in the word. Because if you don't know who you are by the word, somebody is going to define you by your mistakes. So if you don't put your foot down and fight back the shame with God's word, it will follow you around even though God has said that you are free. See, that's what happens to that young lady who gave her baby for adoption. She may have made a mistake, but that did not define the baby and did not define her. God has forgiven her for any mistake that she made. Isn't it interesting how God can turn a message into a miracle? I know that one of the most powerful psalmists of our day was born out of wedlock. The mother was a Caucasian and the dad was black and uh, the parents were well-to-do white family and they kicked her out of there. They wanted her to have abortion and she refused. So they kicked her out. While she was out there, she became involved with drugs and so on. And according to what I read, one day she was standing on the side of the road, contemplating what to do with her life. When somebody crossed from the other side of the street and said, and said to her, I really don't know you, but God wants you to know that he loves you. How could she say that when my parents just kicked me out of there? That God loves you. God wants you to give your life to him. She gave her life to Jesus. Today, you probably know who I'm talking about. She is one of the most powerful psalmists. God can even turn your mistake into a miracle. He can turn your mess into a message. She may have made a mistake, but she did not take God by surprise. The problem was that she could not forgive herself, even though God had forgiven her. So the enemy used that ignorance to haunt her for so long. Sometimes it's easier to forgive others than it is to forgive yourself. 
The enemy knows that if you hate yourself, you will never fulfill your destiny. You'll never become all that God created you to become. That's why the enemy works over time to put you in guilt and shame and condemnation. He wants to make you feel that you don't deserve God's blessing. How many of you know that the enemy is a liar? Let me tell you this, my friend. For you watching me right now or listening to me later on, for you to be become everything that God wants you to be, for you to reach your highest potential in life, you have to get rid of shame. You just can't say, shame, go. You need to get into the word of God and find out what God thinks about you. And when you know what God thinks about you, it's going to wash away what the enemy thinks about you. You may have made some awful mistakes, but God still loves you. You can't sit around feeling guilty and feeling condemned, blaming yourself and others for the past mistakes, because that won't help either. If anything, it compounds the situation. God says in his word, this day, some of the, this day, I'm talking to everybody, look at me. God is saying to you, this day, not tomorrow, not next week. God is saying tonight, somebody says tonight, tonight I am rolling the reproach of Egypt from you. Your shame may have come from, I don't know, verbal abuse, divorce, sexual abuse. It might have come from years of addiction and mental or mental abuse. Maybe you did what you thought was right. How many of you know that in the past we did something that we really believe was right? And then as we get into the word, we discover that uh, it wasn't that right. And the enemy is going to try to use that to beat you. No, you have to put, to somebody, put your foot down. You have to dig in into the word of God. You may have done something that you thought was right at that time, but now thank God for the word you found out that you did something wrong. Now talk to God about it and move on. And let me just go ahead and say this. You know, I've heard people that talk about restitution. Do you want, they want you to do restitution for everything. Well, you know, don't do a restitution that is going to destroy somebody's family. I know some churches that teach, oh, uh, uh, the next thing that you want to do is to do, re- you know, whenever it is necessary, you can do it, do it. But if you had messed up with somebody's wife, don't go to tell the husband. <laughs> I want to come and apologize to you. That I mess up with you. How does that help the woman? How does that help you? Talk to God about it and move on. I don't know why I said that. I did not, I, I did not have it in my notes. Because, see, one of the things that the enemy does is that they, you know, just, you know, you, you, you wrong them. You wrong them. You have to go and apologize to them. Now, apologize to God. Don't go to destroy somebody's family. I don't know, maybe I'm talking to somebody out there. Because, see, the enemy knows how to beat on you and beat on you. Just, you know, you you, you know what is right, you know. What is right is for you to talk to God about it and just leave it alone and move on. God says, today I have removed that reproach of Egypt from you. Stop dwelling on the past. Philippians chapter 
3 verse 13 says, Paul says, no, Christian brothers, I do not have that life yet. In other words, I haven't arrived. Some of you haven't arrived. I know some of you have arrived there, but I haven't. God is still working in me, on me, and he's going to be working through me. Paul says, I haven't yet arrived. That's my own paraphrase. But I do one thing. I forget everything that is behind me and look forward to that which is ahead of me. Let me tell you this, my friend. You have to quit dwelling on your failures. Quit believing the lies of the enemy that you've made too many mistakes, that you've been hurt too badly. There's no way that... uh, you could be repaid. Yes, you can be. God can repair you and use you. Think about Paul. Paul that, that is Paul who killed the first Christian martyr. He's the one that says, what, whatever was past is past as far as I'm concerned. I'm moving on. Because the enemy will tell you that because of your past, God doesn't love you or that you will never fulfill your destiny. It doesn't matter how old you are now. Tonight, Every one of you watching me, every one of you in the house, tonight is a night of new beginning for you. I am using the word of God to wash all of that dirt off of you. The the, the dirt that the enemy threw at you and on you and tried to make you feel that uh, you are trapped. You You might have been trapped, but you've just been set free from that trap of shame and depression and oppression. The enemy wants to tell you that you will never fulfill your destiny. And I pronounce in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you will fulfill your destiny. I want you to know how many times will I have to tell you, watching me and those of you in the house, that the reproach of Egypt has been rolled away. When you wake up in the morning and you hear that voice of accusation and condemnation, shoot it down. Put your foot down with God's word. When you wake up and the enemy tells you, shame on you. Look at what you just did last night. Or you look at you, you having those bad thoughts there while you, you, know, you are not a Christian. You have to immediately be able to say, no, God has removed the reproach of Egypt from me. You have to be able to answer back. I know my reproach has been rolled back. Somebody say, somebody say with me, I know my reproach of the past has been rolled away. So don't let your past become your identity because God has forgiven you. You must go ahead and forgive yourself. Did anybody get anything out of tonight? Did anybody get anything out of tonight? Shout hallelujah. Say glory. Say Jesus. So Father, we want to just thank you so very much for these great people. Thank you for listening to Changing Mindset Podcast by Pastor George Utah. Help us to share this message. We hope you will subscribe so you can receive the latest podcast to keep you inspired during the week. We are praying for you. We know God best for you is still ahead. Call 706-485-0166 for more information and be blessed.